0: Oh hey, welcome back to the show, glad you are here. Honestly, recording these podcasts are my favorite thing in my business because I feel like we get to become closer in a way and chat on a weekly basis. So thanks so much for tuning in and know that you are so appreciated inside the Profit Planner community. Now, before we go into all the ways you can simplify your business, because who doesn't want that, right? (laughs) I want to ask you a quick question. Have you grabbed the Profitable Boss roadmap yet? If not, I think you should because I'll send you a four to five page PDF that outlines the five-step blueprint to creating consistent income And then scaling it. You can go to profitplanner.co slash boss to grab that, and within a few seconds, I'll drop it in your inbox. We have already had over 200 ladies sign up for this roadmap this week who raised their hand to treating their business like a legit business that has a future vision or whatever dreamy revenue goal they have. They raised their hand to taking the CEO role in their business, they raised their hand to consistent income. not feeling like they have to hustle 24-7 for money. If you want to raise your hand along with all of us, go to profitplanner.co slash boss, grab the roadmap, and take action. Okay, now on to Ashley who came onto the show, graced us with her presence, and spilled some simplification beans to us all. As an entrepreneur, we wear more than one hat. While we are wearing more than one hat, this overwhelm starts to creep into our lives where we're doing all the things and at times hustling while not moving forward. I ask Ashley questions about what steps we all need to take in order to simplify our business so when we are doing all the things, we are working on the right things and don't tie stress or anxiety to our businesses. So let's go ahead and jump in that interview. Hello, Ashley. Welcome to the Profit Planner Podcast. Thanks so much
1: for having me, Haley.
0: Yes. And I'm so excited you're here because we found each other. You reached out to me and I stalked you, of course. And I was like, oh my gosh, this girl, we're like two peas in a pod. Uh, Ashley's all about simplifying your business. And I love that because, you know, that's all about like what we're here is you simplify your business and then do what you do really well and put it on autopilot. And Ashley is saying the exact same thing. And so I'm excited to just go deeper into what you talk about with systems and workflows and delegating and and focusing on doing less better. So before we dive into all of the amazing things, can you tell us more about you and your business? Yeah.
1: So I'm a business coach and I help women entrepreneurs who have experienced some success. Like they've, if got a legitimate business going, but behind the scenes, they're feeling like a hot mess. They're feeling like things are um, a little, how did someone say it the other day? A little wonky, a little clunky behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they know that they're not reaching their full potential because of where they're at, or this chaos that they're experiencing. So I help them simplify, like you said, and we do the simplification process because it helps them grow but it also brings a lot more fulfillment to them as an entrepreneur because they're doing things that they love doing, not all the other stuff. And it also helps them experience a lot more freedom in their life, which is so important when you know, you're an entrepreneur. That's why you got into it for the first place.
0: Yeah, definitely. I love that. So what is something that you feel like you say all the time over and over and over again to your clients?
1: I think it's the do less better. Like you already alluded to that. You know, people are wearing a lot of hats. They're doing a lot of things and they almost can't even tell what's working because they're doing so many things and their, their efforts are, they're just spread too thin. So I feel like we really Mm -hmm. pull back a lot and we focus on what's working and doing more of that and going deeper instead of having that breath. And they actually get some really phenomenal results.
0: Okay. And I don't mean to jump ahead. And if I am, let me know, but how do we go about on figuring out what is working best in your business?
1: Yeah. I think you need to, you almost need to do uh, an audit, right? You need to go yeah, and we're not going to sure. be on too much of the steps, but it's like you do an audit where you're saying like, these are all the things that I'm doing. These are all the hats that I'm wearing. And you start asking yourself, what's driving the results of my business? What's, are these driving the results that I want? Are there some things I could, you know, pause on? Are there some things that I could just stop doing and actually wouldn't change my results at all? It, most often there is.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, what are some questions that we can ask ourselves to figure out okay, what do we really need to be focusing on?
1: I think, first of all, you need to think about what are your goals? Like, what are your goals right okay. now? What are the, I usually tell people to narrow them down to about three for the quarter. What mm-hmm. are the top three goals that you're working on this month or this quarter? Mm-hmm. And then think about are the actions I'm taking supporting these goals? Because usually we're doing some things that have yes. nothing to do with that, that feel like this bright, shiny object or this sexy thing to do. Mm-hmm. And it has nothing to do with driving the results. So I think first and foremost, it's really nailing that question.
0: I, I totally agree. And on this podcast, one of the most popular episodes we have is called the SOA method. So mm-hmm. if you're a regular listener, you know about the SOA method. And what we talk about is how to find this. I call it how to find your high priority money making tasks. And it's through figuring out what your traffic drivers are, your income sources, your community builders, and your content magnets. And if it falls under those four categories, Everything that you put under that list is something you need to focus on and then you figure out how to systemize outsource and automate it So I feel like that totally aligns with what you're saying. Mm
1: -hmm. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, that's perfect Okay, now let's go into the systems and workflows because um, I know that obviously if we don't have systems and workflows in our business It's almost as if that is what's really helping make our business more of an engine right? Like have our business Mm -hmm. kind of run on autopilot as an engine behind the scenes so you can walk your dog and walk away from the computer and not feel like you're losing money. So how do we start relying on systems and workflows to alleviate all of these kind of CEO tasks?
1: Yeah. And I think this is such a great, um, I don't want to say band-aid solution, but you know, like this in between between hiring, which we'll talk about later, but it's like yes. this great first step, right? Is to start figuring out some systems in your business. And I think what a lot of people avoid them because one, it doesn't seem like the sexiest thing to work on. Like it doesn't seem exciting to outline a checklist or you know, come up with a workflow, but it makes such a big difference that you really need to focus on it. And then I also think people avoid it. Cause they think like it needs to be this huge techie thing. And a lot of us aren't so techie. I'm certainly not. So I want to alleviate that concern and say, like, some of the systems you can put in place in your business are of the simplest sort. Like, my favorite system in my business is my scheduling system. It's pencil and paper. And it makes a huge difference. I do it every Sunday night. And so some of these things that you're doing are going to be really simple for you to implement and make a huge difference.
0: Yeah. And I think um, I, I talk a lot about Asana. And if you get on mm-hmm. Asana, if, if the free tool, and you look at this, you're going to think, what the crap did I just sign up for? It can be overwhelming. And I think a, and that's a big reason why my program As on Entrepreneur, is so popular. Cause I just let you copy and paste my entire project management system. I mean, project management, it can be a lot cause you're like, where do I even start? But yeah, if you don't know where to start, get your routine down Of just get a pencil and paper and, and just start something. I think that mm-hmm. is so important. And then, um, I definitely recommend everyone get to an online tool. That way they can automate those checklists. But until you really feel comfortable, golly, yeah, I think a lot of people ignore it because they don't want to use a tool like Asana for sure.
1: Yeah. And I think the other question for people is like, they're like, well, what is this system? Like, what do what I even, what's a workflow in a system? And yeah. what do I even do? They don't think they have them in their business, even though they're just repeatable processes, right? And they're already doing mm-hmm. them. So mm-hmm. usually I see people having like four categories of systems they've got the administrative, They've got like the client systems that they do. They've got sales systems and they have marketing systems. So I have a guide where, I'll, where I list out all the different systems where they can like literally circle and say, these are systems I have in place in my business. And then they can pick one, just one to start working on and outline it and implement it and go slow and one by one, get all these in place in their business to the place where they are really automated.
0: Ooh, I love that. Okay. So can you name the four categories again, marketing, <laughs> sales, okay, nice. admin,
1: And then like the client, so like client Client. and customer systems. So that's fulfillment. It's also like serving them. It's also onboarding them. But yeah, if you're an, if you're not a service-based entrepreneur, that might look a little bit more like product related systems, like
0: creation systems. Nice. So then you would just audit each of those different system categories and then think, okay, what's the different phases you take them through? I like to Mm -hmm. do that. I don't know if you do that. I like to get a piece of paper out and then map out the phase that it goes through. and then evaluate each phase and create systems for each of the phase, like for clients, like an onboarding phase, management phase, offboarding phase. I am -hmm. such a dork with that stuff.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And it's easy. Like for those of us that love this, it's easy, but it's also easy. Like if this isn't your thing, like it's easy to take a tool and like a list and look at what you need to do and Mm -hmm. then just pick one and get started.
0: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. So, what would you say to someone that says, "Oh, I just I'm not making enough money. Like I don't want to create systems yet because I don't feel like I'm making enough money. I don't have a team yet. My business isn't big enough yet." So, what would you tell someone that doesn't want to create systems because they have that mindset and belief?
1: So, I think you need to get into the mindset that your most valuable resource is your time, and every system you put in a place is going to earn you back time. And so, I would ask that person like, "What would you do with an extra hour a week?" you know, it would be a growth-oriented activity for someone who doesn't feel like they're making enough money yet. So if they could have another hour each week to do a growth-oriented activity, a system's going to get them that.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I love that answer because I think you have to think, okay, what would I do with with my time? I like that question because and what if you just had an extra hour to spend with your kids? And honestly, I was um, doing a free class last week and we talked about context switching and just the insane power of that. And we talked about how if you ask the question, what do I do next? Like if, if you like, let's say you're doing a project, you're working on something, you finish the project for your business and then you're like, okay, what do I do next for the day? You don't have that list in front of you. Your productivity just went down 50%. I thought that was crazy I and then with context, switching, yeah, it's, it's insane. So like then if you are working on five projects, so let's say I'm on Facebook group, Instagram, uh, Pinterest, I'm also putting in my inbox and then I'm DMing someone. Okay. Like those are five different projects. My context switching is going to lose 80% of my time. So an eight hour workday, I'm only productive for two hours of it. How insane is that? Guys, this is crazy.
1: Yeah. So if you can eliminate some of that with some systems, with some support, then like you said, you can do more growth activities or you can just go walk your dog or you can sleep a little yeah. bit longer. Like it's so beneficial.
0: And you get a, get a bath or like a, like a hot bubble bath. And okay, I don't know if you've heard of this, but there's like these crayons that, this is so off topic, but there's these crayons from Amazon that you can actually draw on your bathtub. So for me, I mean, I know a lot of you are like this too, that are listening because I DM'd you and I know you have amazing ideas, but I always have ideas generate like all the time. And so I like to have crayons. So if I'm like just soaking in the bath, I can have crayons to draw out ideas and business funnels and stuff. Yeah
1: true entrepreneur right there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, I love this. So what's the most popular system or what's the, I don't know, popular system, popular Mm -hmm. might not be the word, but what's the most common system that you feel like you're helping people with? And then how do you uh, lay that all out?
1: So I would say lately, a lot of my clients have been really seeking a simplified marketing system. They want something that says like, here's what I'm going to do daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly to grow my business and to market my business. And so I personally lay this out on a Trello board. You could totally do it in a sauna. You could Mm -hmm. do it in a pen and paper calendar. Like, no, you could do it any of those ways. But I just have columns for each, um, like a daily column, a weekly column, and then there's tasks underneath those for a marketing system. And people really like that because all they need to do is log into the board and it tells them what they're supposed to do that day to market their business. Mm -hmm. It's all decided ahead. Isn't
0: it awesome? Mm -hmm. So could you go a little bit deeper and talk about how that actually looks like?
1: Yeah, sure. So, you know, I think about, so I've got the different categories. So daily are like the things that are just like being in mm-hmm. Facebook groups or yeah. connecting with someone just individually. Uh, weekly for me is a couple, I send a couple emails out a week. So I've got okay. my weekly kind of content in that category. Monthly are things like this, like podcasts or pop-up workshops or live workshops here. And I'm in Portland. So here in Portland, mm-hmm. I'll do live workshops. And then quarterly are like bigger things like a masterclass or a challenge or something that you're going to do. It's a bigger marketing moment. So that's nice. what it looks like for me, but like all of my clients have different things daily might right. be, you know, posting on Instagram and they might not do a blog and it looks mm-hmm. different for everybody. But what we're able to do is say like, okay, here's, con- here's how we're going to be consistent and what activities are you willing to commit to underneath those that are going to drive results?
0: Right. So do you do uh, batching for m- all of your marketing time? Like, Do you just say, okay, from 8.30 AM to nine o'clock AM, I'm going to get as much marketing done as possible on this Trello checklist. Like, how does that look?
1: Yeah. So daily marketing, I have about an hour a day that I'll do the daily okay. marketing activities. And then in terms of content for me, like I'm really comfortable creating content on the fly because my first business was as a writer. So I don't batch, mm-hmm. a, I don't do a huge content batching thing, but I know that it works great for some people. For me, right. I'm just real comfortable sitting down on a Monday, writing my emails, writing my social copy, and then it's done for the week.
0: Yeah. I, I am very big right now on only working when I'm inspired to work because Like (laughs) this is a crazy example, but I don't know if you follow me on Instagram stories, but for a lot of you that have, you know, you're probably listening to this a month after this time in the recording, but I had this idea two days ago that I wanted to start a software company. Like that makes sense, right? And so I basically wanted to create a better version of Asana because there's a lot of things about Asana that do bug me. And then I also wanted to integrate kind of like the client management side of things. And I also wanted to create like a profit planning calculator that tracks your profit success and all that stuff that gives you goals. And I had this huge idea in my head. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to run a multi million dollar software company. And so I was so inspired that within 24 hours, I created seven different design mockups. I had three different programmers that had been contacted by my community members, not even me. And like all this stuff, I had just Oh, and I had like a three-page Google Doc of all these feature requests and I went live and like but now I'm probably just going to drop the project for 3 weeks and see what programmers say and all that stuff just because I know I'm probably not going to be inspired again until three weeks. So I'm just going to drop it. It's so like, I like working in my business like that, which is hard to plan for, but it also, it helps me enjoy my business more because then I'm only working when I'm excited. And then when I'm not excited, I just get to let my brain rest.
1: Yeah. And you also have all these systems in place that are allowing your, allowing like for what people are seeing on the outside to see consistency while you're behind the scenes working when you're inspired, which is awesome.
0: Yes. Yeah. And I think it says a lot to how systems can really help. Cause imagine if you did have a business that ran on autopilot in the background. Now it's not saying you don't have to do anything. You're going to have to work. I'm not saying you just can't just like sit on your bum all day, every day for a month and not expect anything. But I I do think it's, it's so crucial to think like a CEO and and do what Ashley's talking about right now with systems and workflows.
1: Yeah. Not sexy, but they, I mean, they work.
0: Yeah. They're not the sexiest thing in the world, but we will make them sexy. I yeah. mean, <laughs> listen to a really cool pump up song while you're creating a system or light a peppermint essential oil candle or something. <laughs> Obviously, you can tell I lead a really exciting life, right? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Pump up song and peppermint candle. Okay. (laughs) Let's go to the next topic. Um, Okay. I want to talk about delegation. I think this is huge. And I think immediately when I say delegation, you might think who's listening right now. Oh my gosh, I don't have a team member. How can I delegate? So Ashley, what would you say to that?
1: (laughs) Well, first I want to say that I was the worst delegator in in, like the history of entrepreneurship of my first business. For 10 years, I did everything myself. And I know looking back now, I can see like, wow, I missed a lot of opportunities in that business because I wasn't willing to hire support. Um, And I had a, a lot of reasons, a lot of the same excuses that people come to me is they don't trust other people with their business or it's just, it's so easy. They could just keep doing it themselves. Like I had lots of reasons for doing it. So In the second business, you know, as a coach, I've decided like really quickly out of the gate, three years ago, I started working with people and hiring contractors and getting support and it's made a huge, huge difference. So I think you've got to start, you need to be willing to try it and see how it works for your business. And you don't have to immediately hire a team member. Number one, you can delegate to systems, which is so beautiful. Like a lot of your stuff can go there. You can also delegate to an intern or you can delegate to a short term contractor and get some stuff off your plate it doesn't have to be this big, heavy, massive hire. You know, like you can start light and then ease into it.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. So, what would be a good example of, let's say, you have a client management pr- a system, or I guess mm-hmm. you don't have a system yet. You have clients that are coming in, but you have no systems. So, how can you fix that problem?
1: So one, you could create a simple onboarding checklist for your clients, and then you could either just, it makes it easier for you to walk through that process, or you could hire someone to just do your client onboarding for you. Like a very small piece of your business, they could take all that invoicing and admin and stuff off your plate. So you could focus on client acquisition and serving your clients. So that'd be a really easy thing to do. Or I see like a lot of people... um, you know, like someone who's launching a challenge. I think this is how I first delegated was I was launching a challenge. I was like, there's too much techie stuff going on in the background. I need another person. So I hired who's now my OBM permanently. I hired her for a one month engagement, like just a per project basis. She jumped in, she supported me through the challenge. A few months later, when I was ready to hire, I hired her full time. So, you know, or full time in my business.
0: Right. Nice. Nice. That's exciting. I love how that all plays out. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I think the big thing with client management is that you don't feel pressured to have a VA if you don't have a system in place yet. I think I see this all the time where people are like, oh, well, I want to run an agency, so I'm just going to hire a VA or I'm just, I'm just going to run myself to the ground. Don't run yourself to the ground, please. Um, I love you too much for you to do that. But I think a lot of people don't realize that there are tools out there like for instance, DubSato. And if you follow me on Instagram, you know, I've actually been to LA met the founders of this company. I love DubSato. Jake and Becca are the best for $25 a month. You can literally have an entire automated client management system, which means that from the time they go to your website, they can literally be sent a form to their email that allows them to pay you you allows them to add extra packages. So they'll pay you more. You can increase your customer act with value and then they'll sign a contract and then it'll just be put on your calendar all behind the scenes. And you did nothing. You're literally just bringing in the money. Everything's legal and that's it. It just gets dumped in your bank account. And then you get to focus on what you love, which is serving those clients. Like how incredible is that?
1: Yeah, I think it's great to look at those those different options, right? It's there's yeah. all sometimes it's an option of a great team member, sometimes it's an option of a system, or like Dubsado. I use that too. I think it's great. So what I like to do with people who when they're thinking like maybe I should delegate, I'm wearing all the hats, I'm getting really overwhelmed, is I like them to do a task audit where they literally make a list of every single thing they do to keep their business open and running and growing and everything from the mundane to like the big picture stuff. And then what I like them to do is look at that list and circle all the things that they want to retain ownership of, which are usually like the things they're either super passionate about and no way do they want to outsource them, or they're the things that only they can do because they're the visionary in their business and like your podcast, like only you can do these interviews, right? So they retain ownership of those things. And then everything else is something that could be delegated. It doesn't have to be delegated right away, but I like them to write down the person or the system or whatever they're going to delegate it to so they can start to have a plan in place. That might look like listing Dubsado next to client onboarding, or it might look like, um, you know, listing graphic designer or a specific person you know you want to hire next to some of the graphic stuff you want to hire out, just so you can start to see what team needs to shape for you.
0: I love that you're having them write it down beside it. That's exactly Mm -hmm. what we do in the SOA method. We like write SOA beside it. I love that you're doing that. I think it's great to visually see it. I think that really helps. Mm
1: Yeah. yeah. And then you can start to see like, okay, if I hired a graphic designer, they're going to take off this one thing off my plate. If I hire a VA or an <gasps> OBM, they're going to take these seven things off my plate. And you can start to see where you're going to get more bang for your buck too.
0: Yes. Yes, for sure. Um, and sorry, you probably just heard my dog in the background. Mm-hmm. He is a little bit yappy. I have Yorkies. So you know how that is. Little dogs like to bark at everything. Um, <laughs> okay. So I love, love the fact that we're clearing off unnecessary items on our plate. Um, Could we dive a little bit deeper on how to actually find these unnecessary items? So like, let's say I'm a, I'm a logo designer. Mm -hmm. Okay. How do I actually know? Like obviously onboarding and, and stuff like that, but what's like a, a really, a good way to find out, I guess what to outsource, but also to systemize whatever that would be.
1: Yeah. I think I look at a couple of things. I look at, does this excite me and energize me to work on these tasks? And if it does, then you should retain ownership or like, again, if only you can do it. If it's something that drains you, but you could do probably worth outsourcing. If it's something you shouldn't do, you have no business doing, and it takes you like seven times as long to do it probably worth outsourcing. So you start to kind of look at the list from that perspective.
0: Yeah. I like that. So what are some uh, things that you're seeing that a lot of people should not be doing?
1: I think a lot of the admin stuff, you know, like a lot of the onboarding, either systematize it or bring someone on. I see a lot of people, like one of the first things that I outsource was I write my own content. I see some people, like it makes sense for them to outsource content. Like it's not, it's a huge pain point for them. And so they just don't want to do anymore so they can outsource their content. But I write my own, but the execution piece, I don't enjoy doing. I don't need to send the emails. I don't need to schedule them. I don't need to post them on my blog. So I hired my. OBM to do that and do it week by week. And it's like cut the time in half that I need for content production. So those sorts of things, um, posting on social media, like there's so many things like that with, there's so many things in the content umbrella really that you can delegate to someone else. And then the other thing I think I see a lot of people doing is the design piece. Like we're so visual right now, right? We've got Instagram, we've got the stories and we've got Facebook posts still going out and Pinterest is getting such interest right now. You've got all these visual things that you need to be working on. And a lot of people, myself included, used to spend a lot of time in Canva or something, designing the templates and making everything look pretty. If you're spending four hours putting up an Instagram post to make it look really good, well, maybe you should like outsource that and get 30 of those posts for
0: those four hours of work. Oh, yeah. I, I love that. idea, and I like that you mentioned templates. I think that is smart. I didn't even think to mention that because even for these podcast episodes, YouTube thumbnails, everything, I have a template for templates. Mm-hmm. And then I have someone else, my, my podcast manager, up uses those templates, changes up so that way it's not wasting her time as well. Because like, yeah, I'm hiring her, but I still don't want to waste her time. Her time is still valuable too. So yeah, those templates are crucial. Have templates for everything you can have templates for use a template mm-hmm. Even yeah, just emails. An email. Yeah. I was <laughs> yeah. Say, email. Great minds think alike.
1: <laughs> yeah. You can personalize them, but it gives you a starting point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I have podcast onboarding candy email. I have team onboarding candy email. I have a lot of different candy emails that, that I absolutely love. Yeah. Yes. So is there anything that you feel like we didn't cover that you really want to mention
1: about delegation or just the whole the big about, yeah,
0: about simplifying your business.
1: Yeah, so I, you know, I shared. I think we talked a little bit before. Like, there's five key steps that I walk people through. Two of them oh. we've talked about: start relying on systems and embrace delegation. I think going. I don't want to go into all of them because it's so. We can go so deep and <laughs> too long with them. But if you want to get all of them, my free guide: five steps to simplify is at ashleymgarland.com/simplify. But maybe we can talk about one more because I think this one's kind of relevant, yeah. and it's it's really on that focus on doing less better. And this is especially true when it comes to marketing. So, you know, I see people getting really exhausted and it's potentially ineffective to be on all the different platforms and posting multiple times a day. And it's just, it's, it's too much for them. And, it, and again, it's maybe a little ineffective. So what I like them to do is look at all the things they're doing for marketing. And you guys are sensing a theme here, like make a list <laughs> and see what's working. Ask yourself, are these things actually bringing me clients or bringing me sales or getting me more visible? And if they're not, And maybe you want to try scaling back on one of them and pouring more of your attention and energy into the things that are already working and see how that goes for you. And that's where you're doing less, but doing what's left
0: better. No, I I love... I love that you said that, yeah, I feel like, and like I said before, I feel like a lot of people feel like every time they walk away from their computer, they are losing money, and I hate that feeling that's yeah. such a terrible feeling, and I would hate to know that your business is controlling you, that your business is bringing you down instead of bringing you joy, and so I think it all goes back to focus on doing less better, so for instance, I think like for instance, content, content is huge, and I know everyone's like, Oh, you have to do live, you have to do this, you have to do that but focus on one thing. So for me, my one thing is podcasting. I love podcasting and I'm actually cutting down like blogging, no blogging at all. I like actually shut that entire thing in my business down. That way I'm only focusing on podcasting. So I'll focus on more on reviews. I'll focus more on optimization for SEO, you know, all these different things. And I think, yeah, I love that. I think we can make more of an impact in the world if we are doing less and we are focusing on it better.
1: Yeah, you can go deep, you know, like you said, you can do so much instead of just doing a podcast, which is its home beast, but you can also focus on the SEO, you can also ask for reviews, you can promote it more, and that's going to get you so much more traction with something you're already doing.
0: I also think this goes against our instincts as entrepreneurs. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that's why this is such a big problem is because our entrepreneurial instinct says, ah, we're kind of like squirrel brain, shiny object syndrome. We have so many ideas da, 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 like, that's so me. Um, and I have to rein it in. I'm telling you, I was actually on an interview today and I was like, there's this big struggle bus and I swear, I just walk in it and I walk off of it. I walk in it and I walk off of it. Like the struggle bus and me have a weird relationship. <laughs> that's me. That's so me though. And yeah, I think it's, it's hard because we have this vision of of doing all these things. And for me, niching down was really hard on profit focused productivity because I love marketing. I love sales. I love all these things, but I really had to focus on, okay, what are people resonating with me? And that was tough because I do want to do everything and I just can't. And yeah. So what would you say if people do have that instinct of doing more? I
1: think, you know, like ask yourself who you're listening to. Are you listening to yourself? Are you listening to the latest podcast that you listened to or oh. an expert who said to do, I think we're here. A lot of shreds, there's a lot of things we should try. And I think you have to go back to those goals that we talked about at the beginning. And are those a good, is it a good strategy for you to adopt and keep doing now given your current goals? Or if it doesn't fit, can you let it go? And for a lot of people, I think letting it go permanently is really hard. Like saying, I'm not going to do something forever. is hard to let go. But if you can say like, I'm going to pause on this for two months, see if it enhances my freedom of my fulfillment with my business and drives my results. Then at that point I can decide I'll add it back in or I'll keep going the way things are going.
0: That was such a perfect answer. I love that. I absolutely love that. So what else do you have to say about focusing on doing less better? Because I really do think this is a good topic, especially uh, when it comes to marketing. And I know you've kind of covered that, Mm -hmm. but uh, are there any other tips that you have? I
1: think a lot of it is about mindset, right? Like you said, as entrepreneurs, we've got this squirrel brain and we're idea people. And so a lot of it is about learning to practice restraint and trust yourself and believing that it's okay. And it's an experiment, right? Like going in and saying, I'm going to try and do something a little bit. I'm trying to do a little bit less so I can do some things better and see what the results will be like. Give yourself three months on that path and see how it pans out. And I, I've never had it pan out negatively for people. You know, I do that <laughs> and it's like, holy cow, this really, really worked. It really grew whatever they wanted to grow, their blog traffic, their business, their podcast.
0: Surprise. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I think these three things are incredible that you've covered. And like you mentioned, all five are on the worksheet.
1: Yeah. I've got a workbook. It's just five steps to simplify your business. And it's again, Ashley M. Garland backslash simplify.
0: Perfect. Yes. And we will definitely have that in the show notes. So where can people hang out with you, Ashley?
1: Well, so that's my website, Ashley M. I also run a Facebook group called the simplified entrepreneur, where we talk about strategies to simplify your business, like real in the moment conversations about it. So that's a great place to come hang out with me. And then I'm also on Instagram, Ashley Garland.
0: Awesome. So if you just need to simplify your business and brainstorm how to do it, then go hang out Mm -hmm. there in a Facebook group. I love that. Mm -hmm. And I know you also have a really awesome Instagram account. So thanks so much for coming on. I seriously love talking to you. I've loved all of these awesome tips. I think this is so great. This is gold. Uh, So thanks again.